Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast, and thank you for joining with us to worship and learn more about God. We are so excited to have you be a part of this week's service. For more podcasts and services from past weeks, or to join us online on Sunday mornings, check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, enjoy the message. That must be my husband. It's okay, I'll take it after 20 years, you know, whatever. You got to get it where you can get it, right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So I am so excited to be here this morning. You know, I promised myself that I would have all of my thoughts together and really just be able to ah, relax. And then yesterday morning, we're cleaning the house. And I don't know about you, but Saturday mornings are like chore time now. And I look over at the sink and I tell my kids, the water is wet. Like I'm trying to instruct them with directions on how to clean the house. And I'm like, yeah, the water is wet. And I just had this moment of, oh, Jesus, I don't know if I can do what you're asking me to do today. God, I don't know if I'm prepared. And the Lord is so gracious and kind that he reminds us that, hey, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about you saying, okay, God, this is what I have to give to you. Here, here's what I am offering. Here's my offering, God. It is my life. It is everything that I have. So God, you take it. You connect all of the dots and then you use me in the capacity in the way that you choose to use me. So I'm here this morning and, and I might say the water is wet, you know, whatever. Just roll with it, okay? Just nod your head and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just kidding. So I am Josh's wife and I absolutely love that job. Um, it is a job, I will add. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. Uh, but I want to also share with you this morning. So on September 23rd, if you are a lady in the house, if you are a mom, if you have daughters, I want to personally invite you to come. September 23rd, it's a Thursday evening from 6 to 8 o'clock. We're going to have a women's gathering. So we are going to have women come. I know, right? Like, hello. Woohoo. We're going we're gonna to party. We're going to have fun. And the whole idea is that you will connect with each other, that you will build some relationships, and that you will connect with the Father. Because that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why I live, to connect to Jesus and to connect to others. So Thursday evening, 6 to 8, we're going to have some worship. We're going to have the word. I have a great friend who's going to come, and she's going to share a little bit. I'm going to share a little bit. We're going to have a game. It will just be fun. So I want to personally invite you to come. So now that all of that is out of the way, remember, bring a friend too, okay? Don't come alone. Bring a friend. I don't care who they are. Just bring them. So... This morning, I want you to sit back. I want you to take a deep breath in. And I just want you to allow the spirit of the living God to speak to you. There are moments in my life that the Lord has spoken a word to me, and it has changed the trajectory of my life. And because of that, it has impacted my children. It has impacted my husband. Some of you come today with some heavy hearts, with some things that you just don't have answers to. So here's what I ask you to do this morning. Take your hands. You can physically do this or you can just mentally do this. Either way. But say, God, okay, here's my situation. Here's my heart. Maybe everything's great. But God, I need you to speak to me today. And allow the spirit of the living God 
who breathed breath into your lungs speak to you. And I can guarantee that you will walk out of here, not because this mama spoke to you, but because God saw you where you were. And he said, you're my kid. I love you. Now go. Go do what I've called and what I've healed your heart from. So can you guys do that with me this morning? Can you? All right, let's pray. Father God, I come before you, Lord. I thank you for your presence. God, we just take a moment just to breathe in you. God, I thank you that you are living and you are breathing and you are moving on our behalf. Even when we don't see you moving, God, you are always, you are always moving on our behalf. So God, we give you this morning. We thank you for your sweet presence. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So we're going to dive into the scripture today. And we've been talking about 1 John. And it's been really good. I think it's been good. I think last week was probably one of my favorites. We'll get to that in a moment, though. But we've been talking about Jesus as our propitiation. Like, we have sin. But Jesus came years ago and said, hey, I'm going to take that sin for you so that you can have a relationship with the Father. Then we talked about this crazy, weird word called koinonia. I don't know if you were here. Do you remember that strange word, koinonia? It's fellowship with the Father. And so... Fellowship with God, but also fellowship with each other. I love connecting with people. I love to have people in my home. I love to talk about Jesus. I love to learn and to listen to other people's stories of how good God is. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but God is good. No matter what you walk through, God is incredibly, incredibly good. That is a part of his character, and he does not waver from that. So we talked about that, and then last week, my husband, you know, my favorite story is when he talked about falling on the floor at Sam's Club. (laughs) Somebody recently, this past week, emailed, and they're like, hey, so I think my husband is like an associate, assistant manager or something at Sam's Club. So if you want that footage, you know, we can get that for you. Please, now. If you don't know, my husband had an oops in Sam's, and he fell. Um, But he talked about what it means to love one another like Jesus. You know, before in the, in the Bible, it was love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus is like, wait a minute. I want you to love like I have loved you. So go after the ones that might feel unlovable, untouchable. Go after them and talk to them. Teach them about Jesus and bring them into, bring them into the fold. Bring them in here. So this morning we're going to talk about 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. And I believe the scripture will be up here. But I'll go ahead and read it for you. So it says this, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away, and also it's lust. But the one who does the will of God continues to live forever. Now, sometimes I read scripture and I'm like, God, why did you put that in there? Actually, a lot of times I ask the Lord why. So my two-year-old, he'll be three, but we're still saying he's two because he's the baby and I love him. He's just so cute. Oh, my goodness. And he's my favorite. But um, (laughs) however... 
His favorite question right now is why? Everything is why. None of my other children went through that phase. Thank goodness. But him? Why, mom? Why? 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 Why do I have to get in my high chair? Why do I have to eat breakfast? Why do I have to drink milk? Why? 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 It drives me crazy. It drives everybody crazy. My 10-year-old looked at him the other day. He's like, just stop asking why. Just, just don't ever say that word again. But I love, I love that question. He's inquisitive. He wants to know. Maybe, or maybe he's just annoying us. I don't know. Um, but I asked the Lord, God, why did you put this scripture in here? Why is 1 John 2, 15 through 17, why is this important to me? It begins with do not. Do not. I believe that that is a warning sign for us, almost like a billboard. Um, do you guys like Chick-fil-A? Yes, no. Okay, I love me some Chick-fil-A. And y'all don't have an indicator. Why? That's what I want to know. Why? But I love Chick-fil-A, and, I, and we're, when we go out of town, like to Springfield or Champaign, they have a Chick-fil-A, and you usually will pass a big billboard, and my kids are like, hey, mom, let's go there, and I'm like, sure, no problem, let's go spend a lot of money on chicken, right? <laughs> but it's good, it is good. And so this billboard is kind of like what John is saying here. He's tackling some really great things. What does it mean to love to love your neighbor? What does it mean to connect with God? What, is, what does it mean for Jesus as, our, as the one who is our propitiation? He takes our place, takes our sin upon himself. So John has covered all that stuff. And then he says this big billboard, do not do not what? Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. And then he goes on to say a couple things. Don't love the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Why is this important to us? Why? 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 Hopefully you remember that question. Why? Why is this scripture important to us? Because God is concerned about you and his relationship with you. He's concerned about you. He wants to know you. And what are those things going to do? The pride of life, the lust of the eyes, and the lust of flesh. But they're going to take you and your heart and your attention, and they're going to pull you away from the very thing that Jesus came and died for. And that is a relationship with God the Father. If you don't know today, you can have an intimate relationship with the Father where he speaks to you, he pours out his love to you, he calls things out of you that are not of him, and it's a beautiful thing. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. So John is saying, hey, do not love the world. Don't love the things of the world. This is great insight and a really, really gentle reminder for us. So this summer, we decided that we were going to do a garden. I don't know if anybody gardens in here. Don't judge me. I don't have a green thumb, but I thought, we're going to try this. We're going to map it out on the ground. We're going to get some really good dirt, and we're going to have it delivered, and then I'm going to have to, like, shovel it bucket by bucket to the little boxes that my husband built for me. And it was this intense process just to get it up and going. It was a lot of work. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. But it's okay. And then we planted things in the boxes and, and I decided, you know what, I'm not going to spend a lot of money on plants. I'm just going to get the ones on clearance, the ones that are half dead already, because <laughs> again, I do not have a green thumb. So I got these cucumber plants that literally they were like that big. And I mean, they were, I don't even know how they survived. 
but they did. So I planted this garden. I had so much fun doing. It was awesome. I had pumpkins. I had broccoli. I had 18 tomato plants. And I didn't follow the directions that say, put three feet apart. I was like, why? 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 There's a question again. Why? Why did God put this scripture in here? Because he wants to warn you. He wants to say, hey, listen up. There's a reason there are instructions. There are a reason there are billboards. There are a reason because (laughs) as my tomato plants began to grow, I had a three foot by eight foot, not very big, and I think I had eight tomato plants in there. Yeah. I know, right? I know. I'm a newbie at this, okay, so just give me some grace here. But I learned there's a reason that there are instructions. There's a reason that there are warning signs. Why? Because God wants to know you. His delight is in you. It has always been about you. Always. He gave us a free will and a free choice to choose him. It has always been you. You are the one who is on the mind and the heart of the Lord. Your situation, your family, your kids, your future. It's always been you. Always. His delight is in you. So my garden, you know, it it did pretty well, considering I didn't follow the instructions. I did have some things come in the garden. A couple things. The first one was the silly worms. Can we just talk about worms here? They like to get on your tomatoes, and they bore these holes, and then they spread like wildflower. Wildfire, see? Flower, fire, you know, whatever. It's the same thing. But they spread. And so I had to get cayenne pepper, and I put it all over my garden because I thought the more organic route is better. And it worked. But the worms tried to come. They tried to destroy my tomato plants. Then, then, oh, then I had a puppy. We did get a puppy. And I had these beautiful pumpkins growing, just itty-bitty ones. And the puppy got in the garden. And she grabbed those pumpkins, and they were beautiful. And she yanked that plant out of the ground. And she's like, I'm going to destroy this. And she did. She destroyed my pumpkins. Then there was a rabbit. Anybody seen Peter Rabbit? Okay. So this rabbit got in my garden, broke off my broccoli, the only one that grew, and stole it. And I walked out to my garden, and the broccoli was no more. And I almost cried. Because this garden was my delight. I would go out there in the evenings, and I would weed it, and I would water it, and Arrow would come with me. Come on, Mom, let's go to the garden. And we'd walk in the garden in the evening, and we'd watch the flowers grow. It was a delight for me. I enjoyed my time in the garden. I would go out there, and I'd pray over my vegetables. And I would spend time with Jesus in my garden. Why? Because I believe in the power of prayer. But there was this connection with me and the Father. I delighted in my garden. And that stinking rabbit came. (laughs) And I shooed him away. And then the next day, it's kind of sad, but the rabbit got stuck in the fence. Oops. But what I thought was, Mr. McGregor's garden in Peter Rabbit. Don't mess with my garden. I prayed over my garden. I love my garden. I delighted in it. It was work. There was intentionality behind it. There is intentionality in the scriptures that are in the word of God. When God says, do not love the world, there's a reason. The lust of the flesh. It's those stinking worms. The pride of life. 
that rabbit, the lust of the eyes, that puppy dog that grabbed my pumpkin vine and was running around the yard with my only pumpkins that were living. But I couldn't get mad at this sweet puppy. The world will draw you away from your relationship with God if you have one. And if you don't have one, my encouragement for you today is that you would hear the Holy Spirit drawing you into a relationship with him. Why does it matter? Because the world, in the end of, in the end of the scripture, chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, it talks about the world will pass away. It will pass away. The world is passing away and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God continues to live forever. I don't know about you, but I don't want the worms and the puppy and the rabbit to distract me from my relationship with God. There are a lot of things that will distract you from the Father and will ultimately pull you away from his presence. You see, it's always been you. Always. In the Garden of Eden, when God would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden, I can just imagine, like I can go there in my brain because I just love flowers and garden and I love being outside. I don't like the bugs. But I just take a deep breath and I'm like, ah, that's where I connect with the Father. That's where I connect with the Lord. And the world will pull you away from your relationship with the Father. It will distract you. John 3.16, and not to confuse the world with what John 3.16 says. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. That was you. He loves you. That he gave who? His only son, Jesus that whoever believes on him would have eternal life. I know this is maybe kind of elementary for some of you, but for some of you today, the Lord is like, hey, listen, let's get this foundation right. Let's get this foundation good. Let's grow some deep roots in the word of God. Why? Because God delights in you. He wants to know you. I keep saying that. He delights in you. It has always been you. Always. From the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, Eden meaning delight, God delighted with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden. But guess what? Now we can have that relationship with God, a personal, intimate connection with the Father. And John is saying, because God delights in you, be very cautious with what you connect your heart to. Be very cautious. Let it be a billboard in your life. God delights in you. Zephaniah 3.17 says this. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty, mighty Savior. He will take, he will take flight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all of your fears. He will calm your fears and he will give you peace. And he sings over you. He sings over you. One of my favorite things to do with my kids is when they were little, I would hold them and I'd snuggle them because that's just like the best feeling ever. It's like as close to heaven, I think, as I can get, is snuggling my babies. And I would sing over them. And there were these beautiful songs just between me and the father. 
is that I would thank God for these children and love on them. I delighted in my relationship with my children. The Father delights in his relationship with you. And if you don't know him, he wants to know you. He wants to know you. So what does that mean for us today? We're going to jump over to John 15, 1 through 11. How can we make this applicable? Okay, we know that God delights in us. He sings over us. He gives us these gentle reminders. And now I think that here is sort of the twist. And God's like, okay, now that you know that, I want you to go. And I want you to be my disciples. And then John 15, 1 through 11, and I probably will not read all of it. I'll just grab a little bit here and there. But I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. I want to bear more fruit. And sometimes that means that God has to prune. I did not do a very good job in my garden this summer of pruning. (laughs) I laugh because my tomato plants went wild. Like you look out there and it looks like one of my curly-haired kids just woke up. It's crazy. I didn't prune it. My cucumber plants, man, I tell you what, I got some big old cucumbers. They did not taste good. (laughs) I should have gone out there and I should have pruned. All the things that decided to wind away all the little extra vines that they say you're supposed to snip off. I was talking with Joe this week, and he used to be, he's a master gardener. I don't know if you know that. He taught me so much about gardening. But he said there's importance in plucking away the vines, some of them. If it's the runner, I mean, if it's the the significant one, that's great. But all the extra runners, pluck them off so that the main vine can grow big, it can grow strong, and it can produce what? Much fruit. I could have had a lot more cucumbers had I just pruned the bush or the vine, whatever it is. I don't know. It's something, right? I'm learning in this process. You are on a journey in your relationship with the Lord, and you are learning he is the true vine. Who, who is the true vine? The Father, God. He says, stay connected to the source. Stay connected to the source. What does that mean? Well, that means the things of the world, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, don't let them creep in. Don't think that material things make you anything great. Everything that I have is because God has been gracious to me. He has been gracious and he has been kind Those things will steal you away from knowing the Father. And God says, I delight in you. I delight in you. I love it when my husband comes to me. He's like, hey, babe, I just love you. Or my kids come up to me and they're like, hey, mom, I just like being around you. How sweet is that? My kids take delight in me and I take delight in them. The Father takes delight in you and he loves you. You stay connected to the Father. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So there might be some pruning in your life that's going to happen, but it's okay. Why? Because God wants more fruit. Verse 4 says, Abide in me and I in you. 
as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. You cannot do this thing on your own. We need each other, okay? There is something precious and valuable about and special about gathering together, rubbing elbows and saying, hey, I love you today, and I don't know where you are, but God has a plan for your life. Because one word from the Lord can change what? The trajectory of your life. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, it, he, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and they're burned. Verse 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified. Because remember, it's about him. It's about him and what he's doing in our lives because he is a good, good father that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. There's a lot of abiding going on there, like a lot a lot of abiding, a lot of connection with the Father. So we started out with a story of my garden, and we'll sum it up with this. The lust of the flesh, it's like those stinking worms. Lust of the eyes, it's like that precious puppy. (laughs) And the pride of life is like that rabbit who was trying to steal my broccoli. Be cautious. Be cautious that the world and all of its desires do not pull you away from your relationship with the Father. Because he does have a plan, even in all of the chaos around us. God has a plan, and it's Jesus. There are some times when I think about all of the chaos, I'm like, oh, Jesus, help God, my mind just wants to race in a million different directions. And the Lord is like, Jen, just sit with me and let me breathe hope into your soul. Trust me in this. I do have a plan. And all of this brokenness in the world, I'll make myself known. God is a redeemer. He is a restorer. He is faithful. He is full of grace. 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 He's gracious, full of grace. He's merciful. He is loving. God has a plan for your situations. One word from him today will change the trajectory of your life. I'm not some mama up here full of lots of energy, but I do have this hope and a God who knows my name because it's always been me. It's always been you. Always. Always from the beginning of time. From the beginning of time. So how are you going to abide in him? And I will leave you with these few questions. How are you going to abide in him today? What kind of fruit is going to come out of you? Because there will be fruit. It might be the huge cucumber that doesn't taste very good. And that sucker was big. I couldn't believe how big it was. Or it might be these beautiful ripe tomatoes that have no worms, and they just keep producing. Why? Because the plant has been pruned and pruned 
for great growth. God has a plan, and he wants you to flourish. He wants you to thrive. I don't care who you are. He has a plan for your life. He delights in you. In you. So with those questions, here's what I ask you to do. Allow the spirit of the living God to move on your behalf and to speak a word to you. We're going to go into one last song, and I want you to reflect. Okay, Lord, what word do you want to speak to me today? How do you want me to apply your scriptures? How do you want me to apply them in my life and breathe into my soul today? So will you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you send us these warning, these, these billboards and these warning signs. They say, hey, caution, wait up, just listen. I love you. You're my delight. And I want you to produce more fruit. God, I thank you that you are always searching. You are always drawing us to yourself, God. Lord, we love you today. I invite you to speak to us, to speak in the next few moments. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining with us today. We would love to pray for you and make a connection with you. So please check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Here you can ask questions, request prayer, find past messages and podcasts, or support Renaissance through online giving. We can't wait to hear from you.